Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shedding Light Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second part of our Ravi Zacharias conversation. And on that note, if you've not listened to the first part of the conversation, which was two weeks ago, that episode, I'd encourage you to hit pause, go listen to that episode in its entirety before you listen to this one. Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, two episodes of a larger conversation um, so one, this episode flows directly from the last one. So if you want some context, if you want to understand better about what we're speaking on, um, please go and listen to that first episode. But jumping into this one now, uh, we have Dave S. joining us again um, from the last conversation on Ravi Zacharias. And new to the podcast, we have Debbie Hemmons from Protective Behaviors joining us. Debbie, welcome. So Thank glad you. that you could join us. It's good to be with you. Um, so yeah, last last time we had this conversation, uh, we just kind of you know covered a lot about the the incidents surrounding Ravi Zacharias and all the the evidence that came out about infidelity and and whatnot. And today we are going to be looking at what what lessons we learn from this, where we go from this. So Trev, over to you. Hey, thanks, Kieran. So uh, last time we looked at our response, and obviously it's been a gut wrenching response to hear a, a another yet another. Uh, Christian leader um, and and all that has, has come out about his behavior. And so what we wanted to focus on in the second part is then how do we, learning the lessons that have come out of this whole incident and the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries has has, has really um, owned a large part of what they now looking back in hindsight missed as, uh, as clues and indicators that they probably should have taken a lot more seriously at the time. And so the heart of this podcast in follow-up is then what are the lessons that we can learn in general, not only from their specific uh, incident and, and in dealing with what came out and, and the tragic uh, implications that it has not only for Ravi Zacharias' ministry, um, his family and, and his legacy, but what can we learn from that and how can we make our churches and our Christian ministries safer places? And so uh, we want to talk around that today, um, and we're probably going to do it roughly in, in, in two ways. One is, what are the things that go wrong? How is this kind of behavior allowed? And, and how can um, sexual predators uh, carry on their behavior in, in often Christian organizations? Uh, and, and, and there are often clues along the way. How is it that we, that we can miss it? How is it that a, that a well-respected organization mm. Uh, like the Ravi Zacharias International Ministry could could have missed it and the warning yeah. signs that were there. So we want to start off just talking around around that in, in general terms because there are some key warning signs. And then uh, the, the second part of it will be actually just to kind of answer that. And what then, if those are the issues and the flags that were raised, how can we build churches that are safer? How can we, how can we ensure that those things, uh, those flags are quickly identified and dealt with? And perhaps not even, they don't even come up. And so we're going to do it in those, in those two parts, um, uh, and then there'll just be a sort of a closing word. And so maybe just to start off with that as a, as a kind of a general question, as you uh, looked at what came out, the Ravi Zacharias um, report, the ministry report, um, as they owned a whole lot of the, the things that they, that they saw, what are the, the kind of things that stand out for you that, um, that's, that became red flags and the kind of thing that that goes wrong in Christian organizations. I mean, one of the things that we spoke of, just to get it going, picking up on your comment, Kieran, from the first podcast, was uh, the, the kind of the, the Euro worship, the, yeah. the idolizing of, of, a, of a Christian leader. It could mm. be any leader, but we're talking obviously within the, the context mm. of, of um, Christian leaders and Christian organizations and churches. That Christian leader, that almost is untouchable. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one thing that that has definitely become very apparent in modern Christian um you know circles is this celebrity culture that comes with you know big name worship leaders or yeah. big name apologists or evangelists or whatever whatever the the case may be. Um and all you need to do is go on social media to see this, yeah. to see the the comments, the the posts about these people and and almost this looking looking at them as these perfect examples of what a Christian should be, mm-hmm. you know. We know at, at the mm. very truth of it is the best example for us is Jesus. And yet there seems to be this move in in modern Christian society that there are these like perfect um Christian celebrities that are our best examples. Yeah. You know? And you just see it through scrolling through social media. And and a, a big problem for me that comes from this is that very thing that we see them as perfect. And so mm. any small indiscretion becomes a, a massive stumbling block yeah. for so many people. And I'm I'm aware that there's a spiritual principle in that. Mm. You know, um, Paul speaks about being a stumbling block, and and there is there is a, a a point where you have to look at your platform and consider the responsibility that you have. But as Christians, I think a big problem that we've got is looking at these people like Ravi Zacharias as these untouchable, perfect beings. Yeah. Um, and I think a, a mm. lot of the a lot of the fallout is attributed to that. Yeah, definitely. I think if I if I may indulge us in a little bit of a uh ironic uh, conversation regarding Ravi himself i remember one talk he was giving at a university where they were talking about uh gender identity and issues like that and people being involved in bible colleges you know who maybe had um views that were kind of you know going both ways and and uh i think they were talking anyway in that kind of context and ravi had this gradation in his explanation that you know, if you're a Christian, you you know you you kind of going to try and live your life by these principles. But if you're now a, a lecturer, the bar is raised higher still because there's more eyes on you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, and if and it's, and, he, and he used this analogy as you go up and you become like a, a a director of the college, or you know, then you've got to be, you know, yeah. of this kind of level. And um, one of the scriptures I was thinking of now when you brought uh, this topic up about the the celebrity. Um, status that the guys are, you know, attributing to people is like, I was thinking of that scripture where God tells Samuel, um, man looks at the outward appearance, mm-hmm. you know, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I think that often that, that's what happens to us, you know. We have to be aware that as men, as people, we we can get caught up in that, you know. Yeah. There's definitely, you can look at someone that can be a great orator, that can be a fantastic athlete, and then you automatically apply this, like, you know, spiritual kind of level to them that may not even be prevalent at all, you know. Um, mm. So I think that that's the one thing we need to be honest with ourselves, you know, um, because that's like obviously something that we can all fall into the trap of doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think also that it actually gives such a perfect um, platform because when it comes to abuse, so often what um, predators do, and we're obviously not saying that every Christian leader would do this, but they gain the trust of everyone around them, not Mm. just the person that they're wanting Mm. to Mm. abuse. And so when it does go down, they get people defending them because they actually can't possibly, you know, believe that this person could have done that. That's right. Sometimes they take years before they actually act as well. Mm. 
And yeah. you know, in the article um, that they released, the report, now this finalized report or the second, um, I sent, I forwarded it yes. to UQ and yeah. the Christianity Today did like a follow-up. Yeah. And, um, but it was in the first article as well, was the phrase, beyond reproach. Mm. Everyone thought that he was beyond reproach. They treated yeah. him mm. as though he was beyond reproach. And yeah, I think that that's, that's got to be a pitfall that we are watching, you know, I think to be like a, a good brother to your Christian brothers and sisters around mm. you, you've got to be kind of aware that, you know, yeah. yeah. And I think, trade, yeah. you know, what it works both ways Yeah, because as much as we, and it's, it's a natural thing where we, we do tend to want to hold them up on a pedestal and that yeah. kind of thing. And we, we've got to, like you said, just, Check out our hearts, look at the heart, not the success of the ministry. It works mm -hmm. both ways in the sense that the more you are upfront there, the more you are being, you know, um, yeah, um, encouraged and honored mm -hmm. and respected, the more difficult it becomes to, to share your weaknesses, to share the struggles that might be growing in your heart. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you feel, in a sense, I, all leaders who have come out often, you know, um, you know, well, I say all, most have come out saying something to that effect, that they were lonely, they were isolated, they mm. felt they couldn't share, they felt they couldn't, you know, their reputation had, had not their intention, but had been so built up by the Christian public um, and their followers and supporters and, and, and so on that they, you know, that they ended up leading these very secret, very dark, very lonely lives mm. that can be a breeding ground for all kinds of sin, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. True. True. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting balance because, you know, we, we look at a situation like this one, okay, where Ravi clearly knew the position he had. He was clearly fully aware of the, the amount of power he had over the, these women and Ooh. over the organization. Correct. You know how so many yeah. of them said yeah. that of looking looking at the facts now they realize how they wish they'd asked more questions mm. they wish they hadn't just yeah. taken him on his on his word so we look at a situation like this and we go you know ravi was clearly aware of the power he had but then i look at a at, at some some other situations um i was listening to um pastor brian loritz um from the states and he was doing a, a just a very quick instagram video um it, it, kind of a follow-up a follow from a friend of his who was a pastor who had committed suicide sure. uh, sometime last year. Wow. Um, at, the, at the end of it, it was, it was a little bit of a, you know, just, just an emotional video. Um, but at the end of it, he said the words, you know, I, I, in part, I blame the evangelical church for the death of my friend because they, the culture was created that, you know, as a pastor, you just keep going, nothing's ever wrong, everything's always fine. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and again, it's this elevated position. And in both circumstances, it's an elevated position, but two people who dealt with it very differently, one person who hated the position, another one who abused the position. And so I, I guess I just wanted to throw that out. Do you think there, there is this balance where, you know, we're looking at this situation Yes, Ravi abused the the position that he was in, um, but as as much as we as we say, you know, people people put off the celebrity culture and people have placed these leaders on a pedestal. Where does the leader stand in taking himself down a notch or two 
And how do you do that as, as a leader? And I guess, Trev, to throw that to you as a senior pastor, how do you maintain a, a position of levelness with everyone else, you know? And how do you stop yourself from, from being put up on a pedestal at all? So I think it goes to, to creating a culture, not only, you know, in, in your own heart around, around about you, but in, in your church and organization. I mean, you alluded to that statement that has been floated around out of that report, you know, that you could ask any question um, about uh, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Um, More than happy to answer any kind of doubts. Correct. But don't ask questions don't about ask Ravi. Questions about Ravi. So I think it's about, and this probably leads us to the second part um, of our conversation today, which is the, 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 the part we want to spend the more time on, is how then do we create that safe space? And, and I think it does, to some extent, come from the leader um, or the leadership that, that creates a safer space, an environment where there's transparency, an environment where there's accountability. We probably flesh these, these pointers out um, over the next few minutes because they're so important. And, and I know we trump them all the time. We, you know, we throw them out there as nice concepts and, and, and so mm -hmm. on, but, but not many organizations get them right. Not many organizations really live up to those, those high ideals. But I think it is about, over time, sticking to certain values that you express in different ways that, that make it transparent and accountable um, and, and a generally safer place. Mm. Um, and the, the converse is true. When the leader uh, advertently or inadvertently kind of sets himself up or the leadership as untouchable to be you know, not to be questioned, et cetera, you, you then foster a culture where leaders are out there and, and so on. So we want to really, you know, uh, bring it back down to then how do we create these, these safe spaces? And uh, so what we've endeavored to do here is, is, a, is a spirit of transparency, to be honest, to be real uh, about the issue, all issues of, of life, because I think it creates a culture. When we're mm -hmm. honest and transparent about our finances, when, when we're honest and transparent about our weaknesses, what we're doing is mm -hmm. we, we demythologize in this woo uh, of, of leaders uh, and, and we create in a space where we can be honest about our failures and our weaknesses and we can hold each other accountable in that space. So I think it's good for us to talk around these, 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 you know, yeah. these things of how do we create then safer spaces mm -hmm. in our churches. Debs, do you want to? Yeah, I think that actually I was looking through all the values of, of Lighthouse and I can link just about every one of them up to something that creates this culture of safety, which is amazing. You know, just looking at respect and honor, transparency, freedom, family, just to name a few, mm. are, are amazing how they speak to like touch and boundaries, consent and things mm. like that. So mm. we've already got something there. It's just to maybe sometimes link it up and realize that it actually does speak to mm. safety issues. Yeah. Yeah. We actually, I was chatting to um, our um, community group actually um, just a little bit earlier where uh, we, were, we were talking about, you know, what it said the early church did in Acts, where they'd, they'd meet together, they'd have a meal, and then they'd, they'd sing some songs and, or, you know, sing spiritual songs, etc., and that they'd confess their sins to one another. And I think that, you know, um, to be able to be vulnerable with a group of people is actually critically important. I, I don't actually mm. know in Absolutely. this time, if you cannot be that, then, then you need to be on the journey to try to try to find that because nobody's going to come knocking at your door. Nobody's going to come knocking at your door saying, listen, you know, um, is, are you sure there's anything you want to say? You know, you've got to make that a personal endeavor as a Christian, you know, because I, I mean, it's, it's nice to say that we must put all the um, 
It's not nice. It's easy to think that we need to place the responsibility on our leadership, which, which actually the leadership needs to be accountable to the same principles that we ourselves are accountable to. Yeah. And if you're not at, at, you know, in some level saying to yourself, I've got to be able to speak to somebody about my struggles or, or whatever it might be, either it's um, in, in the case of the victim or in the case of someone who's battling, you know, whatever it might be, you know, yes. they've got to have that ability and they've got to actually have that in their life in some way, I think, to be able to speak to somebody about their weaknesses and yeah. show their real self to somebody else. Um, and I know it's very scary, but I, I really feel like if, if we're not doing that as a church family, um, that... You know, yeah, there's, there's, there's some definite risks in the future, you know, definite risks. And it doesn't have to be something as salacious as what we're talking about. But, Great. you know, if, um, like one of the things, uh, last point I'll make here quickly, is like that itinerant ministry that Ravi had, you know. I mean, it's in the scriptures. It's not good for man to be alone. You're spending months and months away from home. You know, what's going what's gonna to happen in your mind in those months that you're away yeah. from home? You know, it just isn't healthy. You have to kind of, I think you have to bring that into it when you're looking at it. Yeah, yeah and, and I think that's, for me, especially when we're talking about accountability and the desperate need for that accountability. Um, and in a lot of these cases, like Ravi Zacharias, we see a clear lack of accountability between him, the people he was working with, the organization, yeah. everything. Um, they're, they're a, all of this, to me, comes down to personal responsibility. Mm. Responsibility as the individual um, because I think, again, it's very, it's very easy in a position of leadership, particularly to, to cast the blame. Mm. Um, so, you know, I brought up the, the issue of, you know, where is that, where is that line of when is it my responsibility to, you know, bring myself down? When is it the responsibility of those I'm leading to not build me up on a pedestal? And I think it does come down to personal responsibility. It is, it is, your followers' responsibility, if we can call it like that, you know, mm. to to understand you are a human being, mm. you are not Christ, you are not perfect, you mm. will never be able to live up to the this perfect checklist of you know what who Jesus is. But then at the same time, as a leader, it is my responsibility to understand that. God places a different set of a, a different set of expectations mm. on leaders, mm. a different set of of bars to hit, and if I'm not hitting those things, I'm falling short of that mark, and I've got to work on that. Yeah. So yeah, to me, when it come when it comes to this accountability and everything, we have to come down to personal responsibility. That I have to take responsibility for my own life, my own actions, the way I'm viewing yeah. others, the way I'm treating others. If mm. I can't do that. That's where all of this has to start. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I think yeah. it—you know—we talk about creating a culture and, and uh, a safe space. I think that where you create a, a place where it's safe and it's okay not to have it together, to occasionally mess up and that kind yeah. of thing, and you're not ostracized, kicked out the church, shamed, and that kind of thing, which yeah. so sadly, so sadly, is our default position as, yeah. as Christians. Yeah. But but we do our very best to process that with honesty, humility and truth, mm. you, you create that mm. place as a, as a kind of outworking where, where you're not 
easily going to be, you know, holding leadership or the youth leader or whatever up on a pedestal. Um, because what happens is stories get shared whereby leaders have stepped down for the sake of their family. They've stepped down for, you know, because they, 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 they you know, are heading for burnout or whatever the yeah. case might be. When those stories are shared, you create a culture where people go, oh, it's okay if I'm struggling. And I, and I do something about it. I go to my, my leader or I go to my friend, my, my, the person that I'm accountable to, as you were alluding to a moment ago, Dave. Mm. You go to that safe person to go, I'm not okay. Yeah. And, and as you know at Lighthouse, we've fostered a, uh, you know, a culture that says, we don't want you to be burnt out, you know, uh, just mm. continuing ministry at the expense of your personal health and relationship with the Lord yeah. and your family. And so rather come and just, and we've shared over the years. Yeah. And I think it's, it then means that for everybody, it sends a message that it's okay when you don't have it all together and you need to take some time out to heal or to be restored uh, and, and so on. I think that is that sense of transparency and openness that is so vital. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to actually, um, in, that in the one report that, that I read, um, the, the different, uh, the Christianity Today article, it was actually giving like a... a ministry rundown of each ministry yeah. you know across the world like rzim romania what they're doing england yes. you know canada yeah. etc and and you know something that I, I felt kind of proud as a south african um to see this but right at the bottom of the article the last two paragraphs you know only one branch reached out personally to laurie ann thompson the the first victim who actually made a stand in in some mm. way by you know mm. Uh, the first lawsuit that we've read about in 2017. And it was uh, Matlati, I don't know his surname, but he, he heads up Mashua. RZIM. Mashua. Mashua. Mm -hmm. He heads up um, RZIM mm -hmm. uh, South Africa or Africa. And, you know, um, him and his wife uh, got hold of Laurie Ann Thompson personally and apologized for their um, complicity mm. in... Hmm. In the whole thing, in perpetuating the idea that Ravi was, uh, you know, um, innocent, hmm. and and now that they've actually realised they were wrong, they actually went to her and they admitted and asked forgiveness, and and I thought I felt proud as a South African, but I also thought that's responsibility yeah. that Kewan's talking about. Yeah. That's saying, you know what, we were involved, we perpetuated the lie. Mm. Um, we, we backed him, we were wrong to back him, and here, are, here we are, we're apologizing to you, we're asking your forgiveness, and we want to say how grieved and sorry we are. Mm. And I, I just felt like, yes, that's incredible, because she then actually, she has a blog, Gloria Ann Thompson, and she shared that clip of them apologizing on the blog. Wow. And sure. I think that just goes to show you, when you are operating in the, in the heart and the mind of Christ, that's the right way to go about it. That's the right way to do things. Exactly. And yeah. So yeah. I just thought that was fantastic, you know. And I, yeah, I also awesome. think mm. that when you, you might, uh, we are looking at personal responsibility. Obviously, it's important. But from a church point of view, we can also make the, the, our structure in a way that we reduce access and um, opportunity for someone who might right. be wanting to mm -hmm. um, abuse someone. We want to make it look difficult here for yeah. anyone to yeah. actually play something like that out. And I think if we had to take those values seriously and see how they link up 
and we were living that out, we actually would be doing that. I, I think it was even like um, um, what you were saying the other day, Trevor, when you were saying that on Mother's Day and Father's Day, how we place the honor on men and women mm. and we speak well of, of men and women in the church. So yeah. that straight away creates that, that yeah. honoring and that respectful way of speaking to each other. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think on that point, Debbie, just again, I think it's, uh, it's just worth mentioning that I know, I know, you know, it's often viewed as archaic and that kind of thing, but just, you know, as a, as a general principle, um, and it's not always a hundred percent possible to apply it, but you know, men ministering to men, women ministering to women. Um, yeah. and, and, and I get it. It's not all, you know, I, I have women that want to come and see me. I understand that. And I, I'll meet with them and yeah. so on. And then we'll, we'll take it from there. Um, but from, from ministry, even from our, from our youth all the way through our structures, it's just safer. It's to your point of creating those structures that, that just make it uh, difficult. It yeah. makes it difficult for the predator. We don't really, we don't want those predators <laughs> no. around anyway. Yeah. So we want to send out that that message, but mm. it makes everybody else feel safe. Yeah. Not that they're connected in their heads that it, it's oh mm. this is safe, but it 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 is actually what is being created. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know what it's similar to? It's similar to like when you sign your marriage contract at the lawyers, because um, you have to go in. I, I remember when I went in. Um, uh, Andrew Hansif, he was he was talking me through it. He was like, you know, uh, he said, you've got to go in there knowing that you absolutely love your wife because you're actually signing the contract in a mindset of what happens if this thing blows up and we get divorced. And he said, it's horrible to think of it like that, but that's what that contract is. So you've got to say, in my right mind, right <laughs> now, I love my wife. And because yeah. I love her right now, how would I want to treat her at that stage where maybe we can't be reconciled, but because I love her and I know mm -hmm. I love her right now in my right mind, what kind of decision am I going to make? <laughs> yeah. and, and that was how he, that was how he counseled me. But I know that sounds funny, but, but that's what it is. It's like, it's like a contract when you're treating someone because you know, it's like, look, this isn't just to protect me. Mm. It's to protect you. We yeah. wanted to say, we do it this way. We have a very good reason for doing it this way. Yeah, that's yeah. what we do. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, Trev, you're, you're right. It, it does start, it does start really early. You know, if I think of, and this is just, it's the same thing almost every year um, with, with, with youth, uh, you know, with guys ministering to guys, girls ministering to girls. I remember almost every year, there's, all, there's always that one thing of like, uh, hey, bud, would you mind, you know, if a girl comes with you to pray for that girl? Why? Why? What am I going to do? I just want to pray for her. And it's like, yeah, I get that. I get it. With the best of intentions in your heart. Just trust me. It's for the better. Yeah. 99% of the time, a couple of years pass, and they'll come up to me and go, yeah, I see why you did that there. Wow. I, see, <laughs> I see why you did that. I, I understand now, you know. Yeah. Because more often than not, if we, you know, if we're looking at predatory behavior aside, lots of things start with the best of intentions. Yeah. Mm. Lots of things start with the best of intentions. But we know, as we know, how weak intentions can be, you know. And so part of creating that safe space is having structures in place that are, for the most part, immovable. You know, as soon as you start dipping on one side, then you'll start dipping on, on a whole lot of things. Um, yeah. And as the world becomes more liberal, as things move move forward in that sense of the word, it be, it's going to become even harder, but even more important for us as the church, 
to hold on to these values. You know, Debbie, you mentioned the the values that we we have the the yeah. actual values yeah. of the church. You know, part of creating a safe space is making sure that those are not just theoretical. Yeah. You know, that those are not things that people you know if they go onto the website or, or wherever and they read it and they go, oh, I didn't know that. You know, this was a value. It's something that we should, you know, not necessarily from the pulpit just reminding everyone, mm. but that just in our general day to day as a church community. Are we practically living out those things? Because then, as you say, Debbie, then it will yeah. create a safe space. As long as those things are just theoretical and out there and, you know, yeah. just there in the air, then it's never, going to, it's never going to do it. It's about actually intentionally, practically making sure that when it comes to family and transparency and respect, that yeah. every conversation, there is respect there. Every decision that is made, there is respect there. It's about practically making sure that these things are played out. And I think it is about taking the opportunity that is before us and being proactive. And I think one of the things that we have as an opportunity is a is is a different a different culture, a different culture that is that is God ordained, God birthed, mm. and the value of of a man and a woman that yeah. we want to celebrate. Yeah. And and we hold that up in high esteem. You know, I, I've I've always said for every every painful divorce that that a community has to go through. And it is painful. Uh, it doesn't, as much as we want to support those that, that, are, that are hurt through the pain, regardless of, of the, the circumstances, it doesn't change the high ideal that we have of, of marriage. Uh, mm. And we hold the two in tension. Mm. The one, what God calls us to, and, to and, that, and I think in the context of what, we, what we're talking about, to get that message out, and I know Debbie, you and, and, and Mark are passionate about this, in, in, um, in you know, girls from a young age and boy, you know, the, the intrinsic value. Yeah. Um, mm. and, um, and, and obviously protective behaviors is what you focus on. Mm. But I think also then realizing that we live in a fallen sinful world. How do we, how do we help those who, who are struggling? Uh, how do we equip parents to, yes. to deal with their children? I know that's mm. obviously what you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, you know, even down to uh, what was that, that course that Mark did? A year or two back um, on pornography, conquerors. Oh uh, uh, yeah, the uh, conquer series. Yeah, the conquer, conquer series. series. You know, and yeah, I think yeah. it's about. Um, I remember talking to Mark saying, you know, Mark, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how many guys would, would be keen to sign up for yeah. it, and and you know, Mark said, but we need you, Trev. It's mm. a, yeah, I know it's an issue. We, we do, and and he, mm. you know, and and he put it out there, and I mean, we had. 40, 50 yeah, guys. Yeah, they, they were a bunch of guys. That, yeah. that absolutely yeah. loved it because of the, the just real honest content and, and the hope that it gave for. And I think it is about then just tackling, tackling these things head on, which is yeah. why we wanted to do the podcast. Yeah. Head on to, to, to address these issues. Anything you want to add, Debs, on that? On that how can we equip people? Um, well, I think that, you know, the Protective Behaviors Program is wonderful for kids and for teenagers and for adults, actually. There's, there's principles in there that are, are great for, for all of us, which is great. Yeah. But um, just, just on one thing that, uh, that Q and that you just mentioned now is that sometimes these things can start off innocent. I think as well, we do also have predators out there who are very intentional about what they're doing. And I, th and I think we saw with Ravi too, that he walked over all the protocols, all the boundaries. Yes. And you mentioned yeah. pornography. They often use pornography to try and implicate whoever is with them. Sometimes that's more with children, but th there will always be some kind of a secret or something to make that person yeah. feel that shame, that that's guilt. Right. 
you know, kind of like yeah. they're complicit with what's going on. Yeah. It's their fault. Yeah. And mm. so we, we need to, that's why it's so important to know what the red flags are when it comes to grooming, when it comes mm. to all these things for all of us. Definitely. Because we can all be blindsided by it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it. The more people know and are aware, yeah. the more we go, hey, 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 you know, mm. why, why is Q and so, you know, he's pulling away, he's isolating, you know, he's always fine, you know, and, 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 you know, just, to use an example, sorry, Q. Yeah. Or me for that matter. You know, we wanted to be looking for these these flags and so on. Yeah. So, yeah. Dave, is there anything you want to just say just, you know, as we draw to a close? Um, yeah, I was thinking, you know, for, for me as a, as a parent of two young girls and now with what, what Debbie was saying, um, I think something that's really important to teach our children, uh, and I'm getting very uh, laser focused here maybe, but um, is to get them to realize what manipulation is. Mm. Yes. Because you know what, what Debbie's talking about there, that's yeah. the tool that gets employed is this manipulation. Yes. So like a handcuff, you know. Ah, oh, I've got this dirt on you, you yeah. know. And um I, I think definitely as parents, maybe from a young age, the, the best thing we can do is ha say to our children, absolutely anything. Um, but not even say it to them, model it somehow, get them to get the message that if there's anything, they can come talk to you about anything, you know, absolutely yeah. anything. And that if, they, if someone is trying to teach them to not do that, that's something to look out for. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I think, you know, absolutely. as a parent to young children, that we, we need to be making mm -hmm. that effort at least. Yeah. That was my cool. final thoughts. Yeah. Good last thoughts from you? Uh, from the, yeah, to me, something that, that, that I was thinking about now was how every single one of us are leaders in some way or another in our life. Dave, as a parent, you are leading your girls. Mm. Um, you know, we're all, we're all leaders in some form of ministry. Uh, in your friendship circles, you are leading your friends in one way or another. We, were, we, we will all be leading at some point or another. And so none of what we've spoken about today are things that anyone should be listening to and going, ah, oh, this doesn't apply to me. It's mm. for the leaders, yeah. Yeah. for the leaders in the church, for the leaders in my school, for the leaders in the home or whatever. We are all leaders in some way or another. Yeah. So this matter of responsibility as leaders, it is for us all to take on. That's right. Mm. Yeah, it is. That's it. Yeah. I think um, we, we've, uh, we, we've covered a lot um, and, and the report uh, is, um, is helpful in the sense that we can, we can see with a, a kind of a, uh, a bird's eye view now of, of what the organization have seen, the lessons that they've learned that they've been very open about, mm. um, which I think has helped, has helped yeah. uh, churches and, and leaders. And, and so um, just get some clarity, maybe take some steps towards healing um, through the devastation of it all. But one of the things that, and, and we've obviously wanted to talk as, as Christians and, and um, how, we, how we process somebody like Ravi Zacharias who, who, who falls um, like this. And, and we did so because, you know, we have quoted him extensively. Uh, many of, I've encouraged our, 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 um, our members at the church to listen to his, um, his uh, teachings and to read his books, et cetera. And so we felt we wanted to bring some, some uh, clarity there in terms of our journey in response um, to this. But, but obviously we're also very mindful of, of the victims, not only of um, uh, Ravi's victims, but uh, victims of, of this kind of abuse, particularly in the church. Mm. You know, we understand in, in society, it's never okay, obviously. Um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's sick and it's twisted mm. and, and, and the brokenness and the pain is more than, than we would ever fully understand. Yeah. But for us as fellow Christians, we, 
we grieve when it happens in the church where mm. one of our own, yeah. you know, did this as, as a, you know, Christian leader. And, um, and so we just felt it would be a miss just to wrap up this, um, this two-part series without sort of just mentioning the victim. And, um, and uh, so, Debbie, this is, um, this is your heart, obviously, with protective behavior and so on. It's all of our hearts, obviously, to yeah. create safe spaces in our churches where this never happens. But if there was somebody listening to this podcast who um, has had that at the hands of a spiritual leader or uh, knows somebody who has, um, it's all very well talking about a safe space and so on. Mm. But what would you suggest um, to, to the person that might have um, tragically gone through this and they haven't known what to do? They've kept it silent, as Ravi's victims did for so long. So I think there are two guiding themes in protective behaviors is number one, that we all have the right to feel safe at all times. And number two is what you just mentioned, Dave, is that we can talk with someone about mm. anything, no matter what it is. Yeah. And, and so I would um, want to ask the, the, you know, anyone who's been through something like this to please find someone who is available to listen to you and persevere until you find someone mm. who is going to take it seriously yeah. and will actually act to help you. And if you are someone that has kept this quiet, because that's unfortunately what happens when someone's not listened to, they then squash it for many years, right. to have the courage to speak up and find someone else to, to look for to help you. Sure. Absolutely. We would not want anybody to carry that pain a day longer no. um, when there's help available. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah. Cool. Debbie, Dave, Trev, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I trust that, um, you know, that you've been encouraged by this uh, and also challenged by this, that, you know, that we all have a responsibility to play in this, in creating a safe space in our church and in any environment that we find ourselves in. So, until next time, God bless. Enjoy the rest of your day and your week. Cheers.